I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello guys, Merry Christmas to you on this uh, early December day uh, and here in Australia in Canberra this is Heavy Metal Tones brought to you by your podcast host Tony Evans. Um, this week's episode is the guitar solos and the music between the notes. Uh, what do I mean by that? Well um, firstly in the first part we're going to chat about guitar solos in general and then some of my favourites in the second part. Uh, we all listen to heavy rock and heavy metal and punk and rock and roll in general here on this podcast, I'm sure. And we're all quite aware of uh, the lead guitar and the guitar in general in our fondness for this music. This, be honest with you, without the guitar, rock and roll would not exist. Uh, well, it would be very dull if it did. I've had a fascination with um, the six-string guitar since I was very, very young, probably since I was about seven or eight. Some of my earliest memories of me getting my brother's tennis racket and getting black um, electrical tape and putting electrical tape on the tennis racket handle uh, to be, to represent uh, frets. And then I would play the um, along to the music. I would pretend that the that the strings coming off the off the handle were the strings. Uh, I got caught many times deep in the juju, as they say, um, playing solos and <laughs> rhythm when my mum would come into the room and I didn't know she was standing there and I was playing along to something. Usually Iron Maiden-y or um, Def leppard or something like that anyway, when I was younger. I actually made my brother's album, so probably Deep Purple and Jeffro Toll and 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 uh, stuff like that. Yes, and Genesis. Anyway, so it's deep in deep rooted in the um, in the ethos of rock and roll, the six string. Sadly, it is. Uh, I think is it's it's you know it's no longer the thing that people look to be. You know, when we were kids, my generation, the seventies and sixties, um, early eighties, it was something you wanted to do play own because it meant that you were a 
part of the band and people looked up to you, Guitar Heroes. I mean, that, again, is another dead concept, I think, which is really sad. Um, no longer the likes of Clapton and Beck and Moore and Green, um, you know, that just don't really uh, exist anymore. They are very proficient, wonderful guitarists, and I know quite a few of them. But they're not people that you would, you know, go to see a band because they're playing most of the time. Um, not modern ones, anyway. I could be wrong, guys. Uh, please, you know, let me know. I, you know, contact me at my web on my uh, email address at uh, heavymetaltones.com, sorry, heavymetaltones at gmail.com.au or, or .com or, go, or come to my web my Facebook page. Uh, um, that's no album and all things metal. Uh, or just, you know, you know, and let me know where I'm wrong there. But I'm sure, I'm sure that you understand where I'm coming from. Uh, so imagine yeah, there's the there's me with my tennis racket, wanted to be a guitarist. I remember sitting in the school. Uh, I had the choice of playing football or going and and playing guitar at Mr King's um, English classroom at lunch break, where he was teaching kids to play uh, things like Stairway to Heaven. And I, I'm sure I haven't said this on the podcast just yet, but I really don't like Led Zeppelin, and um, apart from a couple of tracks, of course. Uh, but I just don't, I, I I viscerally can't listen to it. And it's because I was forced to, as a kid, in school, in the classroom by Mr. King. I love him. If he, you know, wonderful teacher, but we too much of that. Brother loved them. It was something like you just had to listen to it. And it got, I just, it got under my skin and I can't do it anymore. Um, but anyway, there was that choice of that or playing football. What did I do? I went and played football. Do I regret that? Yes, I do. Am I a professional footballer? No. Am I a professional musician? No. I'm <laughs> neither of those. Uh, and I really wish that that uh, I was probably able to probably be a better guitarist than I did a football player. And for those around the world, when I say football, I mean soccer, the round ball game. Uh, I know it's named different things all over the world. The beautiful game. Anyway, that aside. Uh, so, you know, I... <sighs> I played that, and I and and I got a guitar um, when I was ten. My brother bought me a second-hand one from a uh, an op shop or a Goodwill store uh, in America, and they put um, a he had no pickups, and he bought me pickups, and he put them in, and he wired them in because he was an electrician, and uh, and I had no amplifier, so it was no good anyway. I had the pickups, but I couldn't plug it in into anything. He then, after about four or five years of me owning a guitar I couldn't actually plug in, but I could strum, um, he bought me a second-hand uh, amplifier called an Orbital Stage 1, like a 1960s valve amp, which he tried to then convert to, to uh, capacitor, but blew it up because it wasn't designed for that. Anyway, that's another story, but it was a fun moment. Fun while it lasted. Um, so, you know, so I have this... this um, uh, deep love of guitar and like a lot of us did and the people that played them and the mystique behind it because we couldn't do it so there was a mystique behind it you know he'd watch someone like Clapton play the solo in, in Sunshine for Your Love and um, you know I Feel Free and uh, um, and you know Beck or Beckola and um, you know Peter Green anything Peter Green really anything with early um, Fleetwood Mac uh, 
you know, Stephen Hackett with Genesis and, and Martin Barre with uh, Jeffro Tull. Um, even, you know, people like, um, and of course, you know, the great guitarists, are, you know, like Brian May. I don't like Queen either. Please don't hype me down. <laughs> I just don't like them. But Brian May, brilliant, you know. Um, you know, the just the, the, all of them. I could go through hundreds of guitarists that I that I admire, but they're the sort of ones that jump out at me. You know, KK Downing and people like that. You know, of course, of course, all of the great modern metal guitarists. But um, and and so we admired them and we wanted to be them and play them. And when you listen, like you'd listen, uh, Steve Robbery from. Marillion was big, big influence on me. So we'd listen to the guitars, we'd listen to the songs, and we couldn't wait to get to the guitar solo, you know. The, um, and you got there, and and up to a certain point, up to a certain era, guitar solos were um, really driven with the blues uh, and uh, jazz influences and rock and roll influences. So. They were sort of restricted on what those guitarists could do. Um, most of them trained in the blues, so they were in that sort of twelve-bar, you know, and they were playing pentatonic scales and minor and major pentatonic scales. So nothing outrageous, but they were living with these. They were restricted with what they could do, and because they were restricted with their knowledge of the fretboard, they were very creative. I think people who are restricted with like great art. If you look at some of the great paintings, if you give someone four colours, they'll create great art. If you give them a thousand colours, they'll make a mess. Uh, you know, it's it's all down to restriction and what you can do with what you have, I believe, anyway. And so guitar solos were, you know, they were, they were and let's be honest, they were, it was, you know, in the middle of the song, it was maybe ten seconds long, but it was really, really memorable. Um, it was exciting, exhilarating. They were always different. Tony Iommi, sorry, I mentioned, I forgot Tony Iommi. He's the biggest influence on me so, when I, as a guitarist. Um, you know, you listen to his stuff and you know that he had no fingertips and he played with extra light strings that he basically used, I think, mandolin strings. Or, I, I can't get me wrong. Sorry, I've read his book and I know he's many times. But he's light strings. And so he could bend them and he could, you know, hold them without the pain because he had very sore fingers. Uh, creative, there you go. So you restricted, so creative. Uh, Django Reinhardt, uh, please, people, if you don't know who he is, YouTube Django Reinhardt, watch him. He only had three fingers and uh, it's a big influence on Tony Iommi when he had his accident. If Django could make that kind of music, like very um, orchestra, very in-depth jazz chops with just a few fingers then he could do the same thing and so it influenced him and so the solos were memorable, effective and a great way of breaking the song up giving emotive uh, emotion and um, just drawing you into the song just in a wax and wane you know, build it up, bring it down come into the solo break out the solo into the finish and maybe a little guitar at the end Always with that rhythmic um, uh, guitar in the background. Now, I'm not, not I'm not talking about rhythm guitar. That's a that's a different beast. Um, this is purely solos, you know. And then of course, techniques come and go, right? You know, um, 
Yeah, I'm, again, this is from a basic guitar point of view. I mean, I know that people like Joseph from Pure Envy and other friends of mine who are guitar teachers, and P Joseph is as well a guitar teacher. He'll tell you lots of other things, you know, the picking technique, sweet picking, chicken picking, overhand picking, you know, finger picking, tapping, um, yeah, all that sort of techniques that you can employ to create... Um, beauty in your solos but if you go back way back to the beginning of rock and roll and to blues and listen look at the 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 blues men my favorite blues guitarist was albert king he played all his solos on one string yeah steve i mean come on now steve jones of the pistols what an amazing i mean again should be on my list of guitarists that are influenced me but knows nothing about the guitar plays all his solos on one or two strings. Well, he did. He's much more accomplished now. But the, what everyone remembers them, um, you know, same as um, uh, in George Harrison of the Beatles. You know, his guitar solo is very simple, beautiful, and beautiful and effective. You know, lilting and lyrical. Uh, and this is what where I'm going to come to in the second part. So this, what I was talking about the the birth of the guitar solo is something of, you know. If it was just about a, a way of showing your virtuosity, put my teeth in, tone, um, breaking up the music so that it could you go into sort of acts, giving, giving the music some gravitas, and then also um, giving a little bit more texture, right? Uh, not just showing off. It was just it was about you know, I mean a great. A great guitarist can say more with a few notes than a vocal uh, than a lyricist can say in pages of of words, um, and those out there that can do it, I mentioned before the Claptons of this world, the Becks of this world, the Peter Greens, the Gary Moores, and forgive me if I've forgiven Brian Mays, the Tony Iommi's, the Stephen Roveries, you know. Um, that really draw you and make you want to watch them and their solos uh, because you just can't believe that this people can make such beautiful things with their fingers and their imaginations within the constraints and restrictions of uh, modern tablature and music. Uh, it's just wondrous. Um, and this is all, a lot of this stuff is all pre-special effects, all pre-pedals, a lot of the stuff that's really the first part I'm talking about, you know, when it was just you into the amp with an overdrive, you know, like with a chorus, if that, you know, just a lot of gain on your, on your, all the way up to 10. Um, you know, when the pedals start coming around with Clapton, starts bringing in pedals when, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, when the the um, the guy from the Kinks, pardon me one second, I cannot remember his name. Oh God, age. Give me a second. That's better. When Ray Davis or Dave Davis, it could be either one of them, um, split the uh, speaker cone and cabinet cone, and and it fuzzed, and look at that that heavy fuzz sound. A lot of people say, did he invent that? I think he probably, a lot of people say he did. That heavy fuzz tone sound, and then we replicated it with pedals and so on. Of course, um, there are lots of um, innovative innovations before main pedals, but up to that point, people just, wherever, however they could create that sound, they created that sound, you know? Um, Peter Frampton 
Well, I forgot him as well. Oh my God, too many. Peter Frampton with his, you know, the pipe and his tube in his mouth and the um, making the sounds with his singing through the pedal and then through the guitar. You know, and there's another guitar genius of unbelievable talent. Again, only playing in that sort of blues construct, construct um, uh, not going into all the craziness of Lydian and Mixolydian and all that sort of weirdness and scales. Um, anyway, that's the first part. So as I said, conclusion of the first part, guitar solos were part of the music uh, and part of the texture of the song. I think we're coming into the second part. We're gonna, I'm going to talk about the, um, the modern guitar solo and why sometimes they irritate me. Anyway, I'll see you on the other side. I'm going to get a cup of tea. Um, hope you get a cup of tea and relax and listen to the second part. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Talk to you soon. Welcome back to the second part of the show. Um, modern the uh, guitar solos and the music between the notes. Now, why did I say that before? You're thinking, why did you mention that earlier? My feet's rambling around. So, the greatest guitar solos that you'll listen to, and the greatest guitar soloists or greatest guitarists, um, it's not about the amount of notes that they fill the air with. It's about the space between the notes, in my opinion. Um, you know, Dave Gilmore. I'm not a Pink Floyd fan, and you all know that, but the amount of space and breath between each note that he chooses says more about his ability and his understanding of the music than putting like a, you know, a Yoenga Jem Armstein million notes in there. 
you know. Here's a side note. Hey guys, why is it Uenge J Malmstein? How many Uenge Malmsteins are there that you've got to put a J in? <laughs> I've always thought that. Anyway, Mr. Uenge and his million notes. So, as I said before, it's all about the breath between the notes for me. For I mean, I know that in thrash and in hardcore heavy metal it's it's speed right but even speed solos can have breath and moments in it okay even they can listen to the space between the notes that tony leaves in tony iomi leaves all right in 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 all of i mean my favorite guitar solo of his which is dirty women of technical ecstasy uh controversial i know because a lot of his solos are wonderful, but that for me is him at his bluesy best, and there's breaths in there, and there's drawn notes in there, and it's just, you know, stylized. Don't get me wrong, um, you know, when um, Van Halen hit this, the scene and with Eruption and could play, you know, all this double-handed tapping, which was not his invention, okay? The, invent- the tapping was invented by... Stephen Hackett from Genesis, way before then, it was just made more, it was done with more speed and ferocity and, and honestly in a more um, accessible way by, by Eddie. God rest your soul, anyway. Um, but it's this, you know, you, you can have a million notes playing and it's very impressive, don't get me wrong, watching a really fast solo is really impressive. I mean, I've had the opportunity to see um, Herman Lee live from Dragon Force a handful of times now. Not as many as Dave, the biggest Dragon Force fan in the world. Dave, if you're listening, hello. Um, the Hat, as I mentioned before. Uh, Dave, you know, I, I understand where he's coming from. It's, he loves that pretty technicality, the speed and the virtuosity, and almost the, almost the cleanliness of it. Sometimes the best solos a only have the have the best have breadth in or, or breathes within breath within the notes, but they're also a bit dirty, a bit rock and rolly, a little bit scratchy, a little bit dropped notes here, you know, not quite getting it there. And that's why Steve Jones makes you know writes amazing guitar solo. The guitar solo in God Save the Queen. It's very, very simple, but you all remember it. It's all dirty, it's all punky, it's what it's from the streets, you know, it, it's not, um, oh, scratch, sorry, it's not, you know, people with, with long hair and coiffured um, perms in silk playing millions of notes with a violin bow, um, you know, and that's my hint and tip to Led Zeppelin. Um, it's more about, um, again, like I said before, it's more about creating music to fit the music. A lot of times in the 80s, particularly in the 80s, mid-80s, when metal was sort of at its pomp before the, it sort of dropped off again, music producers, I mean, you heard solos in all sorts of places. I mean, Bross, for God's sake, had a guitar solo, you know. I know those, those out there who don't know who Bross are, you know, ask your parents or YouTube them. Um, you know, a pop band of the 80s, you know. Duran Duran, you know, great pop band great musicians actually um from a sort of punk background so their guitar solos you know they probably didn't want them they probably wanted synth ones but their producers were saying look hey 
we need to gain and keep the guitar audience um you know and so it was overused and overproduced and then it became sort of the the heavy metal um calling card didn't it the 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 million note solo that sort of went nowhere um i mean again i sort of go back to what i said in the first part if you have a so a solo with a million notes where's the soul in it where's the beauty in it just because you know how to play 35 notes in a minute doesn't mean that you should there are some people out there um uh, i personally saw steve vai during his passion and warfare tour uh i have the album i love the album i saw him with white snake at donnington i was i wanted so desperately his seven string guitar when he produced it and brought it out um i wouldn't know how to use it but i wanted it um uh, side note i love guitars i want to have lots of them around me all the time they bring me pleasure how can a piece of lump of wood and some metal give you so much pleasure as my wife, as the uh, priest said to the nun anyway uh, i i just absolutely adored him at the time and because he made this sounds that were not for everyone's cup of tea because they you know they're quite clean they're quite clinical there's lots of very clever studio trickery in there um it's not like the Van Halens that was all speed and brutality. It was, you know, and, and aggression. His was more about um, coming from that tr classical trained um, size, like Randy Rhodes. You know, Randy Rhodes could play a million notes, but my God, if you ever heard him listen to listen to any of his classical work, he's just a, he just is a musical genius. But he also knew how to play dirty filthy rock and roll that Aussie really liked you know um, same you know some people don't like um, you know Zach Wilde because he too much pinch harmonics you know every other note's a pinch harmonic if you don't know what a pinch harmonic is for those people out there squealies they call them um, it's when you you hit the string and you, you mute it and you follow it through with your thumb after with the pick and it depends on where you hit it on the um, on the body of the guitar you get a different pitch or or squeal from the pickup uh, i was never very good at them i practiced them for ages could never do it so the fact that that zach can do it at will is is pretty clever um anyway what was i saying so a million notes so back in the 80s there there this sound came through where they were just wanting to make everything was all about you know sorry if i was too close to the mic <laughs> um, and and then you get these speed, speed merchants you went J. Malmsteen as I mentioned earlier uh, uh, I'm going to say Michael Battisteo uh, you know um, people doing the flight of the bumblebee 200 beats per minute and all that sort of stuff um, smart, clever um, nerdy to some people but a lot of the time I'll switch off um genuinely will switch off like one of the guitarists that i like to watch a lot actually or listen to and i've watched it only once live i watched him on youtube a few times as i mentioned before is my friend joseph from uh, from pure envy he plays um uh, in a thrash band from newcastle up towards sydney or past sydney in australia for those outside of australia um he's a lovely guy he's a guitar teacher now as well 
but he has this innate sense and his guitar body andy as well has this guitar uh, has this innate sense of um of of power and rhythm without being overwhelming like that's why i can't i really just, i can't put on dragon force too often because it just becomes um, a kind of white noise um, another great australian guitarist if you get chance to youtube is pliny pliny is a band but he's also a guitarist he, he makes his own guitars but he's beautiful achingly beautiful um uh, solo um instrumental guitar pieces um okay uh, I mean, this is only the world of metal we're talking about. I could go into punk, I could go into rock and roll, I could go into all sorts of areas, but I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to stick with this. But as I said, so towards the middle of the 80s, it, it was not about, like, where, where Dave Gilmore had written pieces on Dark Side of the Moon and on animals and uh, the war where it was all stark and spacious and it drew you into a world that you, you, you could imagine the landscapes of the lyric um, it moved to being, look how fast, and everyone would be faster and faster and louder and faster and quicker. Um, and, you know, guitars then were manufactured to move that way. You know, the scallop frets and um, lower uh, actions and the amount of pedals you could hide, all your mistakes. I mean, I'm not a guitarist by any means. I'm a relatively good bass player. I'm an okay guitarist, but as a guitarist, you could hide all your mistakes through you know, masses of pedals, uh, um, and it doesn't always work, all right? Um, so, where am I coming, where am I my conclusion for this program today? A bit of a, a bit of a sort of off, all over the place program, but my conclusion is this, um, if you like a million notes in your solos, brilliant. I personally like mine to have feeling and texture and dynamism i want speed yeah don't get me wrong speed is wonderful um in the right hands for the right reason but it's not always for me um so if i'm looking for a solo what what are the best solos honestly i don't even couldn't even tell you what my favorite solo actually i could tell i'm going to tell you what my favorite solo is guys out there go out there uh youtube it um, look for it on on Spotify. Um, it is actually a Marillion solo. Surprise, surprise! It's Stephen Robbery's solo is two actually. Uh, one in um, the Fish Era Marillion, the solo in Tuxon. That's Tuxon T U X O N, and the solo in the Hogarth Era, off of um, off of the Seasons End album Easter. Beautiful, it's just wonderful. Of course, anything by Gary Moore is going to make me go weak at the knees. Of course, you know, and he has an amazing technique and speed. I know, I know, I've missed lots of guitarists out there, and I know you guitarists out there are listening to this are going to go, "Tone, you missed this and you didn't get that." And the point is, and what I was trying to say was, the best solos are the that you'll hear, in my opinion, are made with music between the notes so the sounds between the notes the silences the pause the held note you know the the slight echo everything that's between the note is where the music and the solo is is at its best i was talking to someone the other day about clive burr i know it's good drumming here but clive burr of iron maiden 
and fame, God rest your soul, Clive. He was the most amazing and wonderful swing drummer you'll ever hear. He had the most amazing swing. But you wouldn't think of him as a swing drummer. you think of him as an Iron Maiden, a heavy metal drummer. But if you listen to the drums on Number of the Beast, that opening drum piece on Number of the Beast is pure swing. It's so it, in every instrument, it's the notes between the notes, the sounds between the notes, the pauses, the silences. Anyway, I'm sure you've all got great guitars that you love there, and if you love the Speed Merchants, good on you. If you like subtlety, good on you. If you want crunching, like my, my wife, for instance, does not like guitar solos, loves crunching A chords, B chords and power chords and just wants to be hit in the face and the chest with power. Um, and I love that as well. Um, that's why I love Geordie from um, Killing Joke because he doesn't play solos. He plays atonal pieces of music which just pummel you into the earth. And that's not that's not what we're here. I'm talking about today. I'm talking about solos. I digress. So, from simple solos in the blues on one string to million note solos by speed merchants like Van Halen and Malmsteen and I'm sure a million others I've, I have forgot to mention. Whatever tip rocks your boat, rocks your boat. But as I said, go back, sit down, listen to what they're not playing. Go and put some Dave Gilmore on and listen to what he doesn't play. Because that's the genius of a great guitarist. Same with Clapton as well. Same with Jeff Beck and same with Peter Green. All right. All the same with George Harrison. All of them. Anyway, that was that's been me, your podcast host Tony Evans at uh, Heavy Metal Tones. Please come and talk to me at heavymetaltones at gmail dot com, or my web my Facebook page at Noobum and All Things Metal. I'd love to hear from you. Please subscribe. Please like. Please leave a review wherever you get your podcast. It helps with my dynamic, with my numbers. Um, I would say thank you guys in Ghana. I was number 17 in the Ghana music charts only a few weeks ago. Um, uh, I really thank you very much. Um, in Australia, I've hit 158. I'm pretty proud of that as well. Um, let's just keep getting this little podcast up and up if we can. Um, again, thank you from across the world. I'm looking forward to next week's series of podcasts, which are going to be the seven dates of Noel, seven interesting 10-minute podcasts, each releasing on the day and the week, in the Christmas week, so from the uh, Monday to the Sunday. Uh, come join me. Save them all up, listen at once, or listen to them daily. It's up to you. Uh, thank you again for everything, and uh, I'll see you on the flip side, guys. And if you don't listen to me and don't, I don't talk to you before Christmas, have a safe and merry one. Bye, guys. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, 